I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. My guest this week is Zuli Jr. His new album, Stop It God, is out May 14th. And his single, How to Feel, is streaming everywhere you get your streaming. Um, I love this interview because, frankly, I, I wasn't familiar with uh, his music or even most of the artists that he referenced as inspirations. It's a whole different world of music from where I come from. And for me, that's always interesting to kind of dig into what's happening in another part of the world. We, um, we get deep on what it's like being an independent musician. Zuli co-produced his whole record. Uh, he directs all of his music videos. He's essentially the artist, the marketer, the entrepreneur, the CEO, all of that in one. Um, and, and it gave us a great opportunity to really dig deep into what that takes, what, uh, what kind of obstacles you run into, you know, how he makes certain types of decisions, which I think we can all learn from. So it's, it's a good one. Let's get into it. You know, it's such a weird time that uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about, but, uh, you know, so much of, of not just music, but all of kind of culture is like, seems to be like thrown together last minute in a lot of cases. And uh, I get a very sort of different vibe from you, um, which is cool. So I'm excited to dig into into what you're doing. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me and uh, stoked to, you know, get into it all. Right on. So uh, let's start at the beginning. Do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? I'm not sure, honestly. I was lucky that my 
family had a pretty extensive music collection. So I feel like growing up, I was like very just like learning what was available to me. I don't sure. really remember. I feel like the first album I probably like really bought for myself was probably like later on in like high school. I maybe bought like like an Akron family CD or like a, okay. some, some, something along those lines was like my first thing where I was like, oh, man, this is like like unlike anything I've ever heard before. I have to have this. That's funny. So what was the music that you were gravitating towards if it was from your family or whatever? But like, you know, I know for myself, like there was my parents' music and I liked some of it. And then I found my music, you know. Totally. So what was that for you? I think it was a mix. So my mom is actually a, a country singer and she was doing a lot of touring and did all did the whole thing. So a lot of that comes from her. And uh, I learned sure. a lot of the classics like that. Like, you know, Dolly Parton was a big part of the growing up experience for me but my dad was more so into classic rock and he would show me like nirvana and the clash and all of that was like a big thing and uh at an early age like i was taking like classical piano and i was like you know that was like really my main focus and then i remember there was like a moment when i was like 12 years old where uh he had showed me like uh what is it tommy by the who and like from mm -hmm. that moment on i was like oh my god I have to get an electric guitar. It's like, <laughs> this is, this is a must. This is a must. So uh, it was like around that moment where then like, you know, classic rock really took over. And then later on, I started getting into more like avant indie kind of shit. So, so, and then how'd you start making music or at what point did that start to become like your career path? So I think, yeah, like I was saying, um, like around like, I don't know, mid high school, like junior year, whatever is when I started getting into more my own style of things and, uh, you know, I started getting into more like the indie music of the time that was like really like starting to pop off. And I don't know, I guess it was so just like, the kind of thing. Take me back to what were some of those records? So we're going back to like 2009, maybe like uh, that kind of time frame where I was like really starting to get into like, you know, I feel like that year in particular was a crazy year for music where like, you know, Grizzly Bears of Academus came out and like Dirty Projectors, Bitte Orca and, you know, Animal Collective, Meriwether Post Pavilion. And I mentioned the Akron family stuff I was really into. So all of that kind of music at the time was like really just like opening my eyes to, you know, a totally different like, you know, off center kind of, uh, you know, vocabulary for making music and writing songs and stuff that just really resonated in. From that point forward, it was like, all right, I got to like, you know, get a band and I want to start playing shows and I want to start doing the thing. And that was like the, the kind of like, you know, the jumping off point where I was interested in a certain type of music and then started learning about songwriting more and all of that. And then, you know, really like ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so was there a moment when like. I don't want to call it a break, but like. Was there a moment where it became real? Like this is, uh, you know, I could actually make a living and build a career doing this. I think so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when, you know, going through the years of just like, you know, there was a, a plenty of time where it was just kind of paying dues and playing a lot and like, right. you know, learning how to like, you know, be in the studio and stuff. And, you know, once I started doing my own thing as Zuli and uh, putting that out, you know, people were really you know, receptive and excited about everything. And it kind of like built on itself in a really organic kind of way where, you know, people were coming out to the shows in New York and then I was getting opportunities to book my own tours and I started doing that. And then it was like, 
building on itself there. And then record labels were starting to get interested. And there was like, you know, talks of money and things. And I got, I bought a van and all, you know, so it kind of <laughs> like snowballed on its own where it was like, all right, yeah. like, let's like see where this all can go. Um, but it wasn't like a, like a, you know, as most things in life, there was never like a definitive moment where it's like, this is like my career now is kind of just like, you know, figuring it out. And like through the process of like being excited and interested, uh, things just kind of progressed in a natural kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I think, you know, we're in a time when musicians have to be CEOs, entrepreneurs, brands, marketers, all these, all these things in addition to the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those, uh, I think those early years are so important cause that's where you kind of learn all of that, right? You, you don't, you know, you don't have the luxury of a big manager or a publicist or all these people to do everything for you. So you kind of got to figure it out on your own. And I, and I think like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious how it is for you. I, I, I think some people sort of like don't like that and they want to get, you know, past that as quickly as possible. Other people, it seems like kind of thrive as being, you know, their own business. I think it's a mix too. Um, you know, and like you were saying, like I always talk about that, how like, you know, it feels like, you know, pre the technology area, uh, like, you know, it was like, if you wanted to make music, like you just made music where now it's like, right. you know, you've got to be dabbling in so many different mediums and everything is like, you know, so complicated. But I mm-hmm. think for me, at least like, like you're saying, um, you know, I think there's like a joy and excitement for being a part of the the whole business side of it in a way where, you know, uh, I think it helps just in a standpoint of like, you know, being involved and not like, you know, having no idea what's going on behind the, the closed doors and things like that. Like, I think right. that's like a really bad mentality to have, especially like you're saying with today, because like, I feel like everything is so direct to consumer now, even like, you know, everything is changing even in terms of like, you know, what a label contract looks like or, mm-hmm you know, you know, sourcing PR on your own and things like that. So, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think you should be solely, you know, on one end of it where you're only focused on the business and not the creative, but of course. it feels like, it feels like everything is just, you know, a balance of moderation these days and, you know, not forgetting that and trying to just, you know, juggle a million hats at the same time. Absolutely. So, so what does that look like now? If you think about a typical week, I don't know if there is a typical week, um, but like how much of your time is spent in what you would consider the role of the, the, the artist, the musician versus, you know, all the other pieces of it? I would say majority. I mean, you know, that's the kind of curse. I think uh, when you've got the artist bug, it's like, you know, it, the, the switch never really flips off. I'm always got sure. some sort of thing. I'm either conceptualizing or, you know, thinking ahead or trying to like, you know, just mess around and like, see like, all right, what can I come up with today? Or like, what would be like a good way to promote this on social media or such and such. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would say it like takes up a good portion of my mental capacity <laughs> every week, but, uh, okay. you know, at the same time though, you know, I, uh, you know, I find other things to kind of take my mind and relax. I I feel like a big thing for me too, is just like, you know, trying to stay interested and curious and finding things, whether it's like TV or, you know, keeping up with like new music that I like and artists that I love and things like that. And like, you know, all of that feels like just as, you know, educational and useful as it does as like an escape and a way for me to kind of unwind and relax. So, yeah. yeah. 
Lucky there, to have that uh, balance. Yeah, I bet. Um, is there like, is there one, I don't, for, for me, I feel like that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. Like I need to be inspired and, and influenced by everything around me. Right. Whether it's art or nature or TV shows or, you know, kind of taking all that in. Um, sometimes it feels like you're drowning in, in just content. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like there's never you know i remember like you used to be able to listen to all the new records that came out on a tuesday right mm-hmm. or, or or in your genre or your area of interest right you could you could hear all of them mm-hmm. um and then you'd find you know when that one record came out you'd spend three four days listening to it over and over and reading the liner notes and you know studying it right um now it just feels like there's something new constantly um, yeah, every day. Yeah. So how do you how do you manage that? How do you filter? Like how do you decide what to spend more time on? When to kind of like turn off the faucet if you do? That's hard because you know, I, I think that music is uh, a particularly interesting medium because uh you know it's it, not everything always hits you right away. Like I always say that like, you know, a lot of the time, uh, you know, unless something is like extremely profound right out the gate, it's like, you know, I don't take in every single lyric I hear and things like that on the first listen. It's usually just like, oh, do I like the, like the vibe of what I'm hearing? And if I do, then I keep listening to it. But then there's some things where it's like, you don't necessarily get it at first and then you, mm-hmm. you stick with it and then it like, you know, grows and then can become your you know biggest influence, like totally. potentially. Yeah. Um, so it, it's hard to say, like, you know, how to make that distinction right off the gate. Um, usually for me, you know, I at least uh, just within, you know, everything that I do, I try to look at the bigger picture. So usually when I find something new, you know, I'll be checking out, you know, like some videos and social media and stuff like that and everything and, you know, try to get a good grasp of what's going on. And then usually just from that alone, I can kind of get a gauge of like, oh, like this seems like really, really cool. I'm like really excited about it. And like, I want to learn more. Um, but it's, it's tough, man. You know, like you said, it's like, I feel like our attention pan, uh, attention spans are getting smaller and smaller. And, you know, uh, the creative well is just like so vast that right now that it's right. like, it's hard to really even like, you know, I would say I'm pretty up to date with a lot of music, but there's so much stuff that I don't ever sure. get the ability to check out. So, yeah, man, I would say just like, you know, uh, like you were even saying, too, of just, you know, everything like things that you consume are like, I hate to say it, like almost like in a like, you know, uh, you know, taking influence from everything. But I do find that the things that I feel inspired by and like the things that I really, really love usually are things that resonate in a way where I'm like, wow, this is so great. Like mm. I could use this in such and such a way. And then it kind of just becomes like a part of my, you know creative process just through my enjoyment of it so yeah yeah, that's how it usually works out for me So let's let's talk about that kind of in the context of the new record so stop it god right is the new album it's a new album. Um, and so it's a it's a concept record, if I understand correctly. Yeah, um, it's loose, but definitely has like a overall motif and theme and such. So so 
tell me about that kind of relative to what we were just talking about, right? Um, how did how did I come together, and what uh, you know, what it, what was it like? What was the process like to kind of create that? Well, I think you know, just off the off the bat, you know, I'm the kind of uh, you know artist, creative person, whatever you want to call it. That you know, I don't necessarily go into any project or any session or anything, you know. 100% having every single, you know, detail mapped out right there in the moment, you know, for me, I think the process of putting it together, like helps all the ideas formulate and like stew and kind of become its own thing. So the album, just from like a song by song basis of breaking it down was all kind of just inspired by, you know, the difficulties I was having between album one and album two of, you know, finding that balance of like working in the, you know, in the music business and like, you know, writing songs for yourself where like you also now have like a team of people who are like, you know, you know, expecting some something from you and like trying sure. to figure out that all while, you know, again, like really struggling with, um, you know, self perception and like technology and social media and how that can be like so detrimental to like your own, uh, you know, self worth and just like, how you view yourself and like what you do and everything. And so as I was like, kind of like writing from this kind of place, you know, I started seeing like common themes of like what I'm talking about and uh, all of that. And it kind of just made sense where it was like, wow, like, you know, all of this, like, you know, everything about, you know, the modern lifestyle is affecting me more than I even can realize. And it kind of just all started building on itself in this way where, it felt like this is the central theme of like what all the songs are talking about and, you know, how can we kind of put this together in a way that feels, um, you know, personal to myself, but then also like we can like elevate the art to a new level where it's like, you know, uh, you know, tying everything in, in a way that like gives the whole album like a theme and a brand and like everything like that, that, uh, you know, in my opinion, like, elevates it to just like a new level of uh creativity and stuff so mm -hmm. yeah it was it was very very um you know case in point and just like allowing this the music to kind of speak to me uh in a way that then allowed me to find the through line of it all check 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 have you joined us yet on the stereo app we're doing talks a few days a week uh, me and Clint Schaff, Ethan Bear, Dennis White, Jeff Mead, Chris Denson, Jamie Ruiz. Smart people who have advice, suggestions, answers to your questions can help you if you're trying to build a career in our world of creativity and content and marketing and all that. We got people that are doing it and uh, we're digging in and we're asking, you know, real questions about how people are handling the, the challenges to uh, building these kind of careers. So I hope you'll join us. Stereo.com slash rebelradionet is where you can follow me and find out when we're having our next shows. Um, come with us. Stereo.com slash rebelradionet. Tell me about the... Well, so, you know, you mentioned a couple of things that I think are really interesting. One, the sort of like, I know they call it like the sophomore curse. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, it's the, I think we sometimes overlook, like the challenge of making your second record is very different than the challenge of making the first one, right? And I, yeah. I think I've seen some quote that like, you have your whole life to write your first album. 
and then you have you know 18 months to write your second or something like that right um yeah so what was that like for you i mean i think that like just naturally is like the occurrence right because i feel like for me um it was exactly that like the first record was kind of like taking everything that had really you know moved me and inspired me up until that point and like you know figuring out how all that worked together and then putting it into a record and when that was done it kind of felt like this uh you know existential moment almost where it was just like wow i did it all right let's do something new now like what's next what can i sure. do and that's when i started getting more inspired by you know different different music and just like being like wow like you know as much as like this seemed like to be like my bread and butter like in reality like this isn't like the only style of music that I love and doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily feel like it's like totally hitting the mark of like showing like all the different shades of who I am and stuff. So mm -hmm. the big problem for me actually in that though, was me wanting to, you know, do something different and being like super, super inspired to like, you know, it was less of like, fuck, what do I do now? It was more so like, shit, I know exactly what I want to do, but I have people in my network that expect one thing of me and I'm like completely disregarding that. And that being like my main problem right now, as opposed right. to like lack of inspiration. So when you talk about people in your network, how much like, who are we talking about fans? Are we talking about, you know, managers, no, producers, was, collaborators, label, like that kind it, of thing? I was having a lot of issue with like label and things like that. You know, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not the kind of guy who's trying to drag anyone through the mud or anything. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm curious more in the sense of like, I mean, the that, that conversation, that struggle, everyone goes through it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, you know, I think like there's something about how you handle that issue that sort of sets the tone for your career. Um, but I think every artist goes through a different version of that, right? And and how much to stick with what you've already done. And there's voices, whether it's a label or, or you know, whatever, that tell you to move on and some to tell you not to and, and all of that. I mean, it's a total risk reward, in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, anything in life is, goes, you know, with that kind of mantra in, uh, in mind. But, you know, I would almost say sometimes like, you know, no discredit to anyone, but like sometimes I feel like the uh, the fans don't necessarily even know what they want. Because like right. for me, at least, you know, I can name like a handful of artists that it's like, you know, they did kind of like stick to their formula. And I almost feel like, man, I really wish they like tried something like I, I want to hear like growth. I, but I'm also, you know, not I'm an exception, not the rule, because I am an artist and I I view things in this kind of light. So sure. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, ultimately, going back to even what I said, it's just like, you know, for the creative person who's putting themselves out there, it's like, you know, that interest and excitement on whatever they're working on is the utmost importance. And I feel like the audience is smarter than people give them credit for. And they can, that kind of mentality and that energy can just be felt like, yeah. you know, it's like people know when they're being bullshitted and they're like, Oh, this isn't like, this isn't good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. So I, I feel like when, you know, the artist is really excited about something and they're really like have an idea of what they want to do, you know, probably shouldn't be fucked with man. Like I, at least in my opinion, I feel like that's like, you know, that's when you really tap into like music being, uh, 
you know, a more spiritual thing where it like kind of like you're a conduit for it to come out as opposed to like, okay, I need to make my second album. What am I going to do? That's when you're, that's when you're already in the hole at that point. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So trying to, you know, again, find that balance, but I do feel like in some ways the industry is starting to, you know, loosen up in that way. You know, I feel like even with people like licensing their albums more so than like selling their masters, it's kind of giving the power back where it's like, I can create what I want to create. And then like, shop it around, figure out who wants to put it out. And, you know, if it, it just doesn't make, it, it won't make anybody, uh, you know, in debt to a certain entity or whatever. And then like sure. you know, be forced to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I started learning to play tennis later in life. And so now I'm like a mediocre tennis player. And uh, I find whenever I play it safe and this is, I notice it in tennis, but it's true in all of my life. Like, Whenever I play it safe and I miss my shot, I regret it immensely. And whenever I go for it and I miss my shot, I never, I don't regret it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, that's the conundrum, right? Ultimately, like, you know, if you really believe in something, you're never going to regret taking the shot. So it's like, you know, you kind of, you kind of got to go where, you know, that joy takes you and not really worry about, like you're saying failing failing because even that it's like you know the the failing is like you learn so much from it that it's like it's almost just as beneficial as succeeding yeah absolutely um so think about that in in the context of this album so you know talk about that like even an album is um uh how can i say it i guess you know in the way that music comes out today you don't have to make an album you could just make songs and put them out whenever. And like, there's all different, you know, there's Kanye making changes to the album after it came out. And there's Drake who has this just endless string of singles and Mm -hmm. mixtapes and all of that. Right. And so, um, what is the, I guess, you know, why make an album the way you did and, and what, what was that? What, what did it do for you to, to structure it in that way? Well, I would say for starters, there was a pretty long period, like almost over two years of me just writing songs and trying to figure out what was going to like, you know, again, kind of like work me through like everything that I was going through. So I did have a lot of material and, you know, a very, very good idea of like, all right, this is the period I was in. And like, you know, out of all of these ideas, these ones seem the most succinct and like really get the point across of that entire you know, moment of my mm-hmm. life. So I think that's a big thing. Cause even right now, like I'm just starting to, um, you know, you know, I've been writing and figuring out what's next and stuff. And I'm kind of almost in a place where it's like, you know, I don't want to necessarily uh, go going back on what I said. It's like, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it makes sense to conceptualize a full record right now when I need to still just be doing the work of, you know, getting these little moments that like, right. you know, expressed a certain feeling of a song and then kind of figuring out what that'll like entail later on. But at least for that time period of making uh, this new record, it just felt, you know, I was inspired by so much different source material and things. And, you know, everything kind of was just felt like it was like all gluing together in this really organic way where it was like I was finding all these like, you know, I love to like all my favorite artists are like the kind of artists where you can really dissect what they're doing. And like there's little Easter eggs and like the lyrics and like some of the references and stuff. 
um, even outside of music, like film and things. And, you know, it was the kind of thing where I was intentionally doing that with the album. And then like, as I kept doing it, I was like making more connections to other things and like, you know, getting myself excited where I was like, wow, like, you know, I'm on one right now. This is crazy. Cause this is like, you know, nice. going to that. So it was yeah. like, yeah, it was like a very, very beautiful process where, you know, there was a very, very um, coherent message throughout all the music. And then I was able to kind of take that and then, you know, put it all together in a way that felt more than just like a collection of songs and more so like a, like you saying, like a, a conceptual kind of journey that happens throughout the record. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So when that happens, it's, it's like beautiful thing, but uh, you know, again, not something I necessarily would say should be forced or, uh, sure. you know, expected all the time. Absolutely. So when you, um, you say you're, you know, you're writing tons of material, a lot of it you never use. Do you ever go back to that stuff? Yeah, I'm going back right now. So it's funny even too, because like the first record I put out, um, it was, that's what it was. I, I was not, you know, I firmly believe that uh, in a sense, uh, you know, you know inherently what's working and what isn't, you know, and like you should follow the things that you're really excited about and you really love. And so for the first record, it was like, I had 10 songs I that I loved and I knew that that was going to be the songs that were on the album and I had nothing else, no B-sides. Right. That was it. Yeah. So, but then this thing, I was, you know, trying to write like the song that was going to like make everybody happy and stuff. So I did have a lot of ideas that were like half baked and I was still trying to figure out. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, I did end up picking what I liked and yeah, I, I still have the old ideas and I look through them now and again. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I still do feel uh, strongly that it's like, you know, maybe one day I'll have this idea and this idea and like they could work together in some sort mm -hmm. of way to make something really great. But um you know, I feel like my my gut is my ultimate weapon. And sure. uh, I usually know when it's on. So, uh, you know, they're good to have as references. And again, little little failures or whatever you want to call them to like sure. learn from and figure out. But uh, yeah, trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing to work out and uh, knowing that just off the bat. Yeah. Um, so I know. So we we're talking about this concept, right? And I know that the album deals a lot with technology. And you have this uh, this VR uh, in in visual in the in the music video, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I'm curious. You know, we see what's going on today with NFTs and cryptocurrency, and just you know, technology continue. I think whenever we think technology has taken over our lives completely something new shows up that's even more, right? And mm -hmm. so we thought it was video games and now there's VR goggles where you can be com completely immersed in it. And we thought it was, you know, cryptocurrency and now there's NFTs that are like even more uh, uh, in pervasive. And, um, you know, my friends in the music industry, everyone's obsessed with how are they going to make money on NFTs, you know, this, this week, this month, et cetera. And I'm sure in two months it's going to be something else. Um, so, you know, I'm curious, like, I mean, it's, it's maybe sort of the same question I'm asking, but like, how, how do you, how do you filter that stuff? How do you decide what to, what to go after, what to let really impact you and what to kind of like move on from? That's tough, right? Uh, that's a tough one. Just because, um, 
you know, I think that, you know, usually the best, the best things are just outside your comfort zone of like, mm. you know, putting yourself out there in a way that like, you know, makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Uh, and I think all of this applies to, you know, just like, again, like navigating this like new marketplace and stuff. But, you know, I would say ultimately at my level right now, like I love trying to get my you know hands into everything and trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And like, you know, like I said earlier, when we were just getting set up, it's like, yeah, like I'm uh, the NFT thing feels very on brand, very in the, in the realm. But the reality is right now I've, I've got so much I'm working through during this campaign of rolling out this album that it's like, okay, this is really cool, but like, I'm not going to drop everything that I'm working on right now for like something like this, right. just because it's like really, really hyped up. Like ultimately, like, I want to, you know, stand by and be super proud of everything that I'm working on and making and, you know, still have it on my radar, but not necessarily like, okay, like that music video we were going, don't, don't worry about it. Scrap I got to, we got, right. we got to make some NFTs now. Like, forget right. that. Like, no, that's, that's not really my vibe. So right now, at least for me, it's like kind of been just like a matter of, you know, taking it one day at a time. I'm super blessed to have like a really great team of like, you know, visual artists who are like working with me on everything and stuff. And like, you know, we're making a lot of stuff we're all super excited about and super proud of. So, um, you know, just taking it, you know, one day at a time. And, you know, it's something that's on all of our radar and we're like planning on working on. It's just a matter of like once it like really like makes sense. So, sure. uh, yeah, just, you know, you, you got to keep your ears open. <laughs> I think so. And I think you also I mean, I, I love what you're saying that, um, you know, it is so easy to just get distracted by one thing after another. And, uh, and so also having that, like, look, there's a chance that, you know, you or any of us is going to miss the NFT thing. It'll come and go, uh, you know, few people will get rich off it. No one else, you know, it won't matter to everyone else. And, and I think, you know, it takes a little bit of, um, I don't know, you know, self-control or confidence to just say, I, I got to stay focused. There might be some good things that I, that I don't get to take advantage of, but you know, the alternative is you just get thrown in one direction after another and you kind of don't get anywhere. And that's yeah. I think, a much bigger risk. And, and I think for me, like, I hate this word. Like I, I don't love the word content, but like, sure. It's like, you know, I would rather at the end of the day, like make stuff that like we feel really, really good about. And like the good thing about even now is like, you know, I don't necessarily think that even if we did make a bunch of NFTs of like Daisy and all the things that have to do with the album, like I don't think I would become a millionaire in two days from now. But, right. you know, we could take the time, you know, even if that's like a month or two to make some really, really cool stuff that the fans and people will really, really like. And yeah. then we can mint it in the blockchain and then maybe like. 10 years from now or something like, you know, you'll get a little percentage of that in like within the thing. And like, it'll be sure. something that builds on itself and like ultimately isn't like a rush job thinking that it's going to be, you know, something that's going to strike hot rather than opposed to just being like a part of the art and making something that you're like really, really excited about. Absolutely. No, I think that's really smart. You know, I think trying to time the market, it never works. And even what you're saying, right. You can't do it with your songs. You can't go, oh, the sound is hot right now. So even though it's not necessarily me, I'm going to make something, you know, but like that doesn't work. Um, and mm -hmm. it doesn't work really on the marketing side either. Um, so what is, like so talk me through the, you know, what does it look like to roll out an album in 2021? What is kind of give me, give me a little bit of the marketing plan. 
It's a lot, man. I mean, you know, um, I will to start, I, you know, I closed some chapters with the last album and that people I was working with stuff, uh, found a new label that I licensed the record to. And we, who's the label? They're called Nurtured Ideas. They're uh, okay. a little label. Uh, they, they run distro through the orchard. Um, great guys, you know, love them. Shout out Jorge and Ali. Great guys. Uh, oh. And, uh, you know, so we, we outsourced some PR for the album and things like that and like started working connections. And, you know, I think all of that was like super is super important just in terms of, uh, you know, trying to reach a little bit more outside of your initial circle of past fans and things like that and trying to, you know, continue to push the envelope. But mm -hmm. um, for me, it just seems like, you know, having a good grip of like, you know, assets to help push the music and things like that is like right now seems to be the biggest thing that's, you know, super necessary, but also really, really difficult because, you know, as I said earlier, it's like, you know, everyone's attention spans are getting smaller and smaller and you could drop the dopest video anyone's ever seen one week. And then, you know, everybody will be like, wow, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen next. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. so, so it's a really, really hard uh, thing. So again, like, you know, nobody knows what's going to hit, what's going to miss, what mm -hmm. is going to be like the defining moment that's going to, you know, make or break any particular track or record or things like that. So again, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, find stability and like working with a great team and in my own personal life and things like that, where, you know, we've been just been able to make things that we're like super, super hyped about. And like, you know, again, is like putting our best foot forward in a creative way where we're like, really like pushing the visuals and the sonics and everything to the next level, mm -hmm. but not like giving into the, you know, idea of necessarily like, I don't know, like becoming, you know, becoming the content or whatever you want to call it, which is, which is tough, man, because, you know, I find that, you know, uh, more so than ever, it's like, you have to be willing to, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve in a totally new way than ever before, where it's like, you know, any any artist or entertainer or whatever you want to call it really has to be willing to give a lot more than they ever had to before in order to, um, you know, really resonate with people and for them to see you as like more than just, uh, I don't know, more, you know, more of like a full human being that they like feel like I know that guy. Like, right. I, I love yeah. that guy. Sure. I want to hang out with that guy. So, you know, but that's a struggle for me too, right? Like the album was essentially written as like, uh, a mantra for myself to get away from technology and like be like you know this isn't necessarily what I wanted and like what I was getting into this for and like trying to find you know that balance for myself and like really centering into like what I love mm -hmm. and then and then COVID hits and then like basically everything that I was like denouncing is like all right well if you still want to do this this is the only way to do it right. <laughs> so sure. it was a very very interesting thing but you know for me it, it's all about the work I think you know if the work is something you're excited about and you feel really, really strong about, you know, everything else will kind of fall into place in a natural way. And, uh, you know, like, like you said earlier, there won't be any regrets. It'll just be like, wow, I did what I loved and it, you know, it, it is what it is.
Um, so what's some, you know, you talk about sort of pushing those boundaries or, or getting, you know, having to be more open and vulnerable. And so what's, what does that look like for you? What are, what are the things that you've had to like overcome or, you know, taking you out of your comfort zone? Dude, for starters, I'm like not a big fan of talking to my phone, like at all. <laughs> I really, really never like, and yeah. that's something like very it's recently I've, I've, uh, and it's funny too, because like I talk about that and it's like something that I've, I've kind of like neglected because I didn't like it. But like then I'll have moments where I'll do like a full Q&A on my like Instagram story and I'll like just talk through all the answers and like answer everybody in like a very like, you know, in real time way. Yeah. And it was like later on that day, like I felt so great. I felt like I like, you know, looked my like anxiety and fear of that in the mm -hmm. eyes. And I was just like, no, like I can do this. Like this is all good. Like it's going to be great. And it's like, you know, it's very freeing to do that. So that's like just one example for me where something where it was like, you know, kind of my old head where it's like, oh, like all my favorite artists have like this like mystery to them. They don't have to do things like that, but it's like, sure. but that's like, you know, that's not the case for everybody. Like, you know, I would argue me as a human being is like, you know, just as interesting as, you know, conceptualizing my art in a very, um, you know, esoteric kind of way. So right. yeah, finding that has been a big thing for me as of late. No, I think that's great. And, and I think, you know, you're right. There's this, um, you know, some musicians have always had the sense that like people get the music from me and that's all they get. Right. And, and I think up to a certain point that's kind of been fine or it's worked for some people. I think, you know, now there's maybe a different expectation. Um, and you know, we have this, we have this desire in society and the ability to connect with everybody. We want to learn about Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and every, you know, everybody right and we learn their skeletons we learn their their you know vulnerabilities uh their strengths and weaknesses all of that and you know i think it's you you know what you said is 100 percent right like it's up to each of us to find the right balance mm -hmm. that that's going to be okay with us and probably it is going to take us out of our comfort zones if we're not naturally just an open book right um yeah, it's 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 totally that, you know, like, I don't think, you know, and I think the album talks about that, like, you know, I don't think you need to surrender your mental, you know, your your mental energy and your peace of mind for, you know, the benefit of other people. But, you know, again, I think all the best things in life, again, there's a risk reward kind of thing. And like, sure. you know, at the end of the day, you know, you try, you're just trying things out, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's like, and if yeah. it doesn't work out, you just archive it. <laughs> Absolutely. So on that, I know you have your, your phone number on your website or your Instagram. Um, I don't know if that's a community or whatever the, the yeah, yeah, it's community. Yeah. Love those guys. Um, how, so talk about that, right? Like that's a new thing in the world, you know, last few years that we can text directly with, you know, the artists that we, care about um is there a downside to being that available what what do you get from it what's the upside and what's the downside honestly i have yet to find the downside i think the downside is ultimately when you get to a certain level where it's like just too it's much just, it's just too much you yeah. know that, that that is just like the the bottom line to it but you know i talk i talked about this on an interview earlier it's like you know at that growing point for me when I started first getting into music, like uh, one of the guys from Akron family, 
I couldn't get into their shows. He he got me in and we started a rapport and he would listen to my music and we would like talk a lot. And like it became like, you know, he became like a mentor to me and a friend. Nice. It was really beautiful. And I didn't necessarily think going into it like, yeah, I'm going to pay that back. But it really started becoming more and more present where, you know, kids would reach out. And I was always super down to message back and be like, yo, thank you so much. And, you know, there's been plenty of fans who I've really built like great relationships with where like, you know, they share music with me. They're like, yo, did you hear this yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't checked it out. Or like, did you hear this? And, you know, if anything, I feel like it's helped me, uh, you know, kind of centralize my fan base of just like people who are just like, you know, again, getting that kind of like full version of like who I am or like, you know, we're getting to have conversations and like going back and forth. And it, it's been really beautiful because I feel like I learned just as much from them as I do uh, or as they might from me, you know, sure. it's like plenty of them are like, your new music is so cool. And it like, it feels like, you know, you're taking what you did. And like, I don't know, it's like, it feels like such an amalgamation of everything. And it's like, wow, I didn't necessarily like think of that specific idea that you presented to me like in that way, but that's a really mm -hmm. good point. And, you know, so I, I think that, uh, having that open line of communication while you can is just like a really great way to, again, like, you know, I feel like and that this again, wasn't necessarily the intention, but like, I think that's what makes somebody from a fan into like a super fan where they're like, wow, like sure. they really get to like, know the person, at least that's how it worked out for me when I was growing up and like yeah. looking up to people and you know, how, you know, how it can just like really like add to the uh, overall experience of uh, making music and such. Absolutely. So, how how do you think about super fans or that that idea of like you know the the relationship you have right that's beyond just them listening to your music or watching your videos but you know what that all all the different things that that can turn into I mean, I'm lucky that I haven't had anyone like, you know, send me a human foot or anything <laughs> or like anything crazy sure. like that has gone right. on um yeah, I mean, dude, at, at the end of the day, I think that as much as I'm my own artist and my own person, I think, you know, the thing that really fuels me and like helps me, you know, in all senses is that I'm a fan myself. I, you know, I got into this for the love of art and music and artists and being entertained and going to shows, everything, performing, all of that. And it's like, yeah. you know, I'm just a fan myself. And I find that, you know, not shying away from that and hiding that to your audience, um, you know, it's just like, it just connects too. Cause it's like, you know, I talk about the artists I love all the time with the fans and, you know, I, I look at them the same way as like, they can look at me sometimes. And like, I think that's amazing. And, you know, mm -hmm. at the end, at the end of the day, we're all just like, you know, striving to connect and, you know, relate and things like that. And I'm, I'm no different. So it's, you know, I'm definitely a super fan of some artists as well. And, uh, you know, there's a, I think, I think what you're talking about maybe is like, there's a, ne a new word we got to come up with, like when you take it to the next step, but, uh, no shame in super fanning. No, absolutely. And I, and I think it's, um, I mean, first of all, I think that's so important to, to stay connected to, right. As being a fan of music and, you know, we can't, you know, obviously a lot of the walls are coming down between creators and consumers, you know, um, but, uh, but I think there's, you know, sometimes people draw this mental line between, you know, a professional musician versus the fans. Right. And you can be both at the same time. And I think you, you should and need to be both. Um, yeah. and, and, 
And it, I think it's really interesting. You know, what I love about things like community, right, is it gives kind of to your point, right? It gives, I think, I think the benefits to the artists are at least as big as they are to the fans, right? And that it gives you direct access to not only talk to, but to hear from people that care about what you're making. Um, and that's very different than reading a magazine review or, you know, or seeing some mean Twitter comments that like, you know, are, are sort of done anonymously and in, in, in this ether, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, anyway, I, I think that's so cool. Um, all right. I got to get to a little lightning round, uh, before I wrap up. Cool. Uh, so what's your favorite city to travel to? Oh, wow. Um, there's been a lot. I've been super lucky pre COVID to have been doing like a lot of touring through the country. Um, I love San Francisco. I love Nashville. Um, Austin is great. Although I've, I've, I feel like most of the times I've been to Austin were during the craziness of South by Southwest. Sure. Uh, which is very, very different experience. I, I would think. No, it's great um, to go to Austin when it's not South by I've been, I, I have uh, but four or five times it, and it's great. Yeah, I have been, but you know, it's hard to though, because like tour is such a, you know, it's a draining experience. And like, I never felt like, you know, it's like hard to like really see a place when you're on tour, but South sure. by is like the time where it's like, all right, I have a week here so I can right, really right. like explore the city. So I've never had that like full time to explore it uh, outside of that. But um, mm-hmm. I would say those are probably my, my tops off the top. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, who's your favorite DJ or favorite live show that you've ever seen? Honestly, just because of like the most recent events, I got to say the Akron family stuff really changed my life, man. That th- Those were some amazing life altering performances. Uh, and even around that same time frame, like some of the of Montreal stuff I had seen mm-hmm. during that time was like, man, what a trip. It really it really put me into the or it really like informed my love of performing and stuff. So I think that stuff will always resonate as like some of the first loves i ever had in terms of like music and live nice. music. that's cool what's the last great book you've read or listened to um i just recently read uh the monkey house which is like kurt vonnegut short stories and uh mm. there was some really really good ones in there i'm a huge vonnegut fan um and uh yeah that was some nice stuff that i didn't necessarily know about that i really really enjoyed and uh, oh, i like cool. taking in bite size nice i'll have to check that out I always think yeah. of uh, uh, Back to School when someone mentions Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, I see. You had a very good uh, summer reading list or whatever, because uh, <laughs> I never had to read anything uh, this uh, interesting. Oh, no, no. There's a, a Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School. And oh, actually, Kurt, I'm Kurt Vonnegut has a very short cameo in it. Oh, um, really? Yeah. All right. Um, see, now I got to check that out. So which leads me to, to my next question. What, what movie have you seen the most in your life? Um, you know, that's so funny because there's so many influential, like I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick guy, and nice. there was a lot of influence on that in the new album, yeah. uh, and whatnot. And I've seen a lot of his films a lot, uh, but I don't know if I've necessarily, you know, like the funny answer that comes up, you know, just really quick to me is like, I'll never forget, like, you know, when Avatar came out, I feel like I saw that in theaters, like four times and I've never seen any movie in, I never see any movies in theater. And that was like one wow. of the weird places, but that's fine. You know, I would say most like, you know, like clockwork orange and things like that. I've probably seen like 
seven, eight times, probably just taking it in. Kind of nice. gory, kind of, kind sure. of messed up. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a lot to to put in your brain over and over. Uh, yeah, it's great, but there's a great lot movie, of though. beauty in it. Yeah, absolutely, a lot of beauty in it. Yeah, who's someone who has taught you the most who you haven't met? Frank Ocean, maybe. Okay, I don't know. Amazing songwriter. I just feel like you know, to me, he was like the. Uh, the the Kubrick of the music world where I just didn't you know it, it was like wow you can like it was like you, you just can like keep digging into what he does and I think that was so inspiring to me of like you know again finding that balance of like you know when it's when you're like watching a story it's like nice to have like a very like linear progression but then like when you can use like artistic themes and stuff to like you know build the world of it and like you know give a lot of like lore almost for people to really like sink their teeth into I think that's amazing and i learned so much from at least uh you know studying that music for a while so that's a dope answer i i i mean i i think i think frank ocean's dope but i don't know that i would have noticed that oh man dude see that's the that's the beauty of it though yeah, like you know cool. he he really uh hits the mark with uh mm -hmm. you know just the depth it's great nice um okay last question if i worked for you What's something I would hear you say over and over? <laughs> so the the <laughs> the video team I work with, um, they're really close friends, and we work on a lot of projects together uh, outside of my own music, as well as just like the videos and such. Um, and you know, when my brain is working, I'm like you know very very you know in my zone and like thinking. And I a thing that they brought to my attention that I say a lot is like they'll like offer an idea, and I'll be like yeah, that's not the worst idea in the world. Like, just like thinking through the idea. And like, so they're like, oh yeah, Zuli, it's it's not the best idea, but it's... <laughs> so I think, I'd say that's a new one that I'm uh, I'm up to speed on, you might hear. That's funny. Uh, that's good when people like give that back to you and let you... Yeah, it's like, you... all right, thank you. Yeah. It's like, I see you. That's so funny. I love it. Well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. I, I appreciate it. I love what you're making and uh, definitely want to keep watching um tell us how how should everybody follow along and and where to find you online yeah uh you know my at is zuli jr it's a z-u-l-i underscore j-r on uh, all social media you know website zuli-junior.com and uh yeah say hi while you still can right on man. <laughs> all right i appreciate it yeah thanks yeah, for, yeah safe, man thank right you for on. having me man it was a lot of fun Yeah, that was Zuli Jr. on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Come to one of our Stereo Talks. Stereo is the social audio app. I'm having talks on there uh, most most days of the week, a few days a week. I'm on there with friends and, and smart people where we're trading trade secrets, we're calling it. Uh, career advice, coaching. We're digging into the the problems, the obstacles, the mistakes that we make in our careers, the way we learn, the, the successes, all that. We're sharing all that. What's cool about it is you can jump in, ask questions, uh, make comments, be part of the conversation. It's live, real time. Follow me, Stereo.com slash Rebel Radio Net, and you'll find out when these talks are. I hope you'll join us. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.